It's Thursday, August 1st. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. Today, we're diving into criminal justice reform, a pretty hot topic at last night's Democratic debate. We'll connect the dots on why certain candidates are getting called out on some of their past moves. Then, rapper ASAP Rocky stood trial today in Sweden. We'll give you the details. And finally, good news about robocalls. We swear it's not a scam. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. The most complicated story today is about criminal justice. Last night at the Democratic debate on CNN, four presidential candidates, Senator Kamala Harris, Senator Cory Booker, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio, and former VP Joe Biden boasted about their plans to reform the country's criminal justice system. But each of those candidates also had to defend their records on criminal justice, about whether they've done enough in the past to stop things like unfair sentencing, racial bias, and police misconduct. There ended up being a lot of finger-pointing last night. We're going to get into why that is and the personal history these candidates are being confronted with. Let's start with Biden, the frontrunner. He got called out for supporting past crime bills like the 1994 crime law. Biden was chairman of the Senate Judiciary Committee when it passed. At the time, there was a public push to combat the crack cocaine epidemic, and everyone wanted to be tough on crime. The law had something called the three strikes rule, which meant people who committed three crimes and at least one violent crime, like robbery with a gun, could go to prison for life, and they did. The law also gave states more money to build prisons, and they did. Critics say that reportedly doubled the U.S. prison population in the 1990s, and most of those inmates were people of color. In 2018, President Trump signed the First Step Act, which reduced some of those drug sentences, and allowed thousands of federal prisoners to be released. So, nearly 25 years later. Cory Booker was one of the backers of the First Step Bill. And last night, he laid into Biden for not apologizing for his role in passing the 1994 law. There are people right now in prison for life for drug offenses, because you stood up and used that tough on crime, phony rhetoric that got a lot of people elected, but destroyed communities like mine. This isn't about the past, sir. This is about the present right now. Biden says he never supported the three strikes rule part of the law. And last night, he turned the tables on Booker, calling him out for his own record on criminal justice, back when Booker was mayor of Newark, New Jersey. The Justice Department came after you for saying you were you were engaging in behavior that was inappropriate. And then, in fact, uh, and nothing happened the entire time you were mayor. So what's that about? Biden was referring to a federal DOJ investigation of the Newark police force that started back in 2011. They found that police in Newark were illegally stopping and searching people and that most of the people police targeted were black. Booker says he inherited the police force. So the problems weren't his doing, and that the city is fixing things. But like we said, that investigation was in 2011. By then, he'd been mayor for almost five years. That was the main criminal justice feud of the night. But another candidate also took heat, California Senator and former Attorney General Kamala Harris. She's pitched herself as a progressive prosecutor. She says she supports finding ways to end racial profiling, and says she would double the size of the DOJ's Civil Rights Division. But her criminal justice record is complicated. 
as Hawaii Congresswoman Tulsi Gabbard pointed out on stage in the CNN debate last night. When you were in a position to make a difference and an impact in these people's lives, you did not. And worse yet, in the case of those who were on death row, innocent people, you actually blocked evidence from being revealed that would have freed them until you were forced to do so. There is no excuse for that. This is a case Harris has gotten a lot of attention for. She did not allow a convicted man to get new DNA testing. She was criticized for it. And she since said she feels, quote, awful about what happened. But criminal justice advocates have questioned other things in her record. She was criticized for going back and forth on her state's death penalty law. And for backing a state law that prosecuted parents of kids who didn't show up to school. One other candidate who got dinged on his record last night? New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio. And not just from his fellow candidates. We will tax the hell out of the wealthy to make this a fairer country and to make sure it's a country that puts working people first. Thank you, Mayor de Blasio. That's a protester yelling from the audience, fire Pantaleo. As in Officer Daniel Pantaleo, the NYPD cop who put Eric Garner in a fatal chokehold back in 2014. Pantaleo is still on the NYPD. He was never fired. And a couple of weeks ago, the Justice Department announced that they would not bring criminal civil rights charges against him. Last night, former HUD Secretary Julian Castro and New York Senator Kirsten Gillibrand both took a stand. He knew what he was doing, that he was killing Eric Garner, and yet he has not been brought to justice. That police officer should be off the street. He should be fired. He should be fired now. De Blasio said Eric Garner's family would get justice within the next 30 days. But he didn't say how. So what's the skim? Democratic candidates are pitching lots of ways to reform the criminal justice system. Some, like Biden, want to get rid of the death penalty. Others, like Senator Elizabeth Warren, want to ban private prisons. But in the court of public opinion, candidates are often judged less by what they say they want to do in the future and more by what they said or did or didn't do in the past. After being detained almost a month ago, U.S. rapper ASAP Rocky finally took the stand during a trial in Sweden today. Music journalists and curious fans packed a tiny courtroom in Stockholm to hear him testify. There's been a lot of buzz around this case. Here's the backstory. Back in June, Rocky was in Stockholm to perform at a music festival. And he got into a fight. Video footage shared online shows Rocky's entourage being followed around for a while by two young men. For reasons that aren't quite clear, things heated up. And at some point, Rocky threw one of the men to the ground and followed it up with some punches. Rocky was charged with assault, but he says he acted in self-defense and he's not guilty. Rocky fans were upset, but they weren't the only ones. Members of Congress called for his release. Last week, President Trump got involved after his pal Kanye told him about the case. Trump tweeted that he'd called Sweden's prime minister and offered to personally vouch for Rocky's bail. But Rocky was still in jail. Trump wasn't having it. He laid into the prime minister on Twitter. He said that Sweden had, quote, let our African-American community down. That kind of poisoned the waters. Sweden's U.S. ambassador told the Washington Post that Rocky's arrest had nothing to do with racism. 
and she gave Trump a social media lecture, reminding him that the prime minister can't just call for someone to be released from jail. Rapper RZA of the Wu-Tang Clan told the AP last week that this situation with Rocky was next level. This is not a man you hold hostage like that, because it's almost like a hostage situation for ASAP right now. He's not the only one who's thinking that. President Trump sent America's special presidential envoy for hostage affairs to Sweden to observe Rocky's trial in person. But clearing Rocky's name might be harder than it seems. One of the prosecutors claims Rocky and his entourage beat the alleged victim up with a bottle, which would count as a weapon. There are apparently also some questions about why Rocky's cell phone disappeared after the attack and why the videos he posted on Instagram had been edited. Rocky's trial is expected to continue Friday. If he's convicted, Rocky could spend two years in jail. But with all the twists in this story so far, a lot could still go down. Do you ever get a call from a local number and think, old friend, plumber? And then you answer it and it's a robocall. And then you ask yourself, wait, weren't those banned? Well, yes and no, but they will be very soon. Here's what happened. Back in 2012, the Federal Communications Commission said telemarketers needed permission for robocalls. But reportedly, that was just in the U.S. And so you started getting calls from China or India or lots of other places. Today, the FCC adopted new rules to close that loophole and ban international fake callers masquerading as local calls, too. The law also cracks down on spam text messages and internet-based calls. To be clear, this doesn't mean that those will stop overnight. But it will apparently help law enforcement track down and punish robocallers who are breaking the law. And phone companies will probably get in on the action, too. In June, the FCC told carriers that they could put automatic blockers on robocalls. Now, phone companies might reportedly expand those automatic blockers to also include international callers. So now if you get a local call you don't know, it might be that old friend after all. Before we go today, we've got a fun fact coming to you from the land of failed music festivals. No, we're not talking about the Fire Festival. We're talking about Woodstock 50. It's officially calling it quits, due to what organizers are calling a series of unforeseen setbacks, which is kind of an understatement. It was supposed to be a three-day concert with headliners like Miley Cyrus, Jay-Z, and even artists who played the original show 50 years ago. But between delayed ticket sales, losing key partners, and switching up the location multiple times, it's been a lot of drama. Fun fact, the original Woodstock was also a logistical nightmare. Not only were there also last-minute venue changes, but after some mishaps, organizers were forced to make admission free. After it was all over, they were over $1 million in debt, which took over a decade to pay off. How very rock and roll. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks for listening, and make sure you subscribe and leave a review. For more Skim, you can check out our premium content by downloading our app or get our free morning newsletter by subscribing at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox. 